0: When we first started, there was so much misinformation and lack of education of like, well, now that you you know use CBD, are you going to use THC still? Like, do I use one and not the other? No, I use all the cannabinoids. I have an understanding that I know which ones I want to use for different things. If I lifted too hard one day and my body's inflamed or if I'm having a hard time sleeping or if I'm really anxious I know the benefit of a CBD bath salt to soak my body in versus eating a microdose THC edible. I'll do that at the same time. They both manage different things for me. And so again, it just comes back to the consumer starting to go on that journey of being curious and figuring out and playing around with, hey, what does this product do versus that product? What does this cannabinoid do versus that cannabinoid to kind of fit you into what's gonna be the best experience for you because everybody's body is different.
1: Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the podcast. Today, we have my friend Shada Torabi, who is the co-founder and CEO of Restart CBD, which is Texas's premier cannabis brand. She's born and raised in Austin, and Shada founded Restart in 2018 alongside her two younger sisters after using CBD for years to personally help her manage her pain after an auto-pedestrian accident she was in in 2015. And I met Shada... When I moved to Austin a few years ago, and we got to like do a couple of events in person, I think we've met in person once or twice. I can't I I can't remember times? Yeah, kind of blurs. Yeah, so we we've like been around. We're both in the Austin area, and um, it's been so so cool to see her and Restart really evolve. And since launching research, Shada and her sisters have earned the name hashtag CBD sisters, which I love that that's like a branded thing for you guys. And now you're like one of the leading educators and retailers of cannabis in the industry, like named best uh, hemp educator advocate and influencer by the Texas Hemp Awards. You're like officially official. (laughs) Yes, girl. (laughs) So welcome to the show. You also have a podcast to be blunt, which is so funny and genius. And I'm obsessed with that name. So very excited to have you on my podcast and like get into the nitty gritty. I am so honored and excited to be here.
0: Like you just kind of highlighted in the intro, we run in the same circle in Austin, just in terms of being content creators and business owners. And so it has been really fun to kind of watch you as well evolve and grow your brand. And now just have an opportunity to sit down and talk about a very, you know, I'll I'll say it a controversial topic as cannabis, but hopefully through this discussion, it won't be as stigmatized as maybe some of the listeners might've perceived it to be. So
1: yeah. Yeah. Well, in my experience, the the ta- the more quote-unquote taboo topics and like episodes always get the most downloads. So like I'm very <laughs> here for it. Um, I also have not really publicly talked about like my own relationship with cannabis in the past. So this should be like an interesting foray for all of us and for my audience to like see what my take is and everything but yeah i'm excited to get into like the nitty-gritty of what you do and all things cannabis and cbd and entrepreneurship tell us a little bit more about like how you broke into that space i know you used cbd to help you manage pain but like why did you first of all turn to cbd then decide that you wanted to actually be involved in the industry
0: Yeah. Great question. And it's a very probably like interesting segue into the industry that maybe people aren't, you know, not that there's always like a straight and narrow path into entrepreneurship or into an emerging market, but my background, I came from right out of college. I got a job at a technology company. So it was a very fast paced tech startup. And I was super fortunate to be one of their early employees. I ended up being with the company for six years. I was employee Mm -hmm. 13. And when the time... I exited. The company was about 600 employees. We had offices in Austin, San Francisco, New York City. They had gone international, London, um, wow. they had an office in Australia. And so I was really fortunate to be on this rocket ship, you know, yeah. we kind of had like described at the time, just like, okay, I had a seat. I was on the rocket ship. I was going. And that experience gave me such good purview into entrepreneurship, you know, funding a business, scaling a business, uh, branding. And I was specifically on the marketing team for this company and we were a digital company. So I also got, you know, experience technology wise, platform wise, and really just like loved, I'm a technical marketer. So like I speak the language of technology, but I really love the application of marketing and experiential marketing. So that was kind of, you know, me majored in marketing and communications in my undergrad, went and got my master's in business. So like that's me kind of professionally. I love Shark Tank. My parents are mm-hmm. entrepreneurs. So I always kind of joke, you know, I grew up in this environment and I knew eventually one day I would be a business owner, but I didn't really know what that looked like physically yeah. in action and practice. And so also kind of simultaneously while I was growing my personal brand and building my career, I was a cannabis consumer, and yes, I'm born and raised in Austin, Texas, never lived anywhere but Austin, Texas, but, uh, you know, I think Austin gets coined the term Uh, live music capital of the world. And there's a really easy parallel from live music to cannabis. And so I feel like I just, I grew up in that excitement. Like you're at a show, someone hands you a joint, you're like, yes, this music sounds way better. And (laughs) that was just part of my like day to day kind of like experience as like a young adult growing up again in this really creative music, like local kind of vibe city, um, Mm -hmm. just community. And so my cannabis experience was very cannabis culture driven and What I mean by that is like, I really didn't know much educationally about the plant, but Mm I was like the kid who was figuring out how do I hot box, (laughs) you know, my room upstairs so my parents don't smell that I'm smoking pot, you know? And so I was very much into cannabis culture, but again, didn't really understand different cannabinoids, how cannabis actually worked in my body and like all the different components that like now presently I'm very educated in. But like back then it was just like, yeah, I enjoy cannabis. And kind of what I would also come to realize through this journey was I don't drink a ton of alcohol. In fact, I've been pretty much sober for the last like three or four months and Mm -hmm. no shade to anybody who wants to consume there's obviously different vices. But for me, I always just gravitated towards cannabis. That was like, Mm -hmm. people always say, it's like a gateway drug. I'm like, no, this is like the only thing I want to do. I just want to use cannabis. (laughs) Like I'm, that's it. And so um, I kind of had that also going for me at the time. And so when I was working at that corporate tech job, I was actually in an accident and Mm. I was hit by a vehicle as a pedestrian, like you um, highlighted in my intro, and I broke my pelvis in two places. And so Mm. that for me was obviously a really uncomfortable scenario for multiple reasons. One, just being in a car accident in general and going through like PTSD and dealing with mm-hmm. chronic pain and just like having to go from being in control of your body for the most mm-hmm. part. I mean, when you're in your mid twenties, you're, you're not in a lot of pain. So yeah. for me, like being confronted with pain that was like not going away was very... Mm-hmm. Oh shit, like this is really fucking uncomfortable. And so I yeah. didn't turn to cannabis immediately. I was doing what my doctor prescribed. Western medicine, you know, uh, was getting opioid prescription refills whenever I wanted. I was going Mm -hmm. to physical therapy in and out over the course of like eight months post-accident, just trying to like heal my body. During this time, my sister, my middle sister, who's also the co-founder of Restart with me, she also was creating content. So she was a fitness influencer. And so she really influenced me from a health and wellness perspective Mm -hmm. to start looking at my diet, looking at my fitness routine. And so I started Doing those things, but at the same time was still dealing with chronic pain. So Mm -hmm. to me, I was checking the boxes of like, okay, I'm eating clean. Okay. I'm like working out now like five, six times a week. Okay. Like I'm watching all these different, you know, aspects of like health and wellness, but I'm now still dealing with pain. What can I do? So i went back to the doctor, the doctor suggested surgery. Mm -hmm. And my mom was like, hell fucking no. And I'm really glad that my mom had that insight to kind of, interject herself in the moment that she did. And, and I also really unfortunate my family is very open to my cannabis consumption, um, mm-hmm. to where, yes, I mean, it's not like my mom was like, here's a joint, like go smoke yeah. it by any means. But my parents knew I was successful. I was professional. I was getting my work done, getting my shit done. I was taking care of mm-hmm. myself and here I was dealing with chronic pain now. Okay. Well, what alternatives are there to prescription medication. Right. Mm-hmm. And that was really where my mom started having the conversation of, do you know what CBD is? And I, at first glance was like, you're crazy. Like I smoke mm-hmm. pot a lot. Like, I don't know. I don't know what CBD is, but I don't think I need it. Cause I'm getting, you know, weed. And yeah. again, kind of going back to like that education or miseducation, there was just so much that I didn't really know. And so being mm-hmm. able to kind of navigate myself through Okay, well, I don't know a ton about this, but like I also always like mention, I am the firstborn of three sisters. Mm -hmm. And so I very much revere my mom. So, like, if my mom is like, do something, I'm like, yes, ma'am. So, when I was going through recovery, my mom was like, okay, well, have you tried CBD? You should try CBD. And I was really reluctant, but ultimately very submissive to, my mom knows what's best for me. Let me go ahead and take her word on this. And to kind of frame it for the listeners too, in 2015, 2016, it wasn't that CBD was illegal, but it was also not federally legal. So it was a very gray area. So in terms of procuring products or um, raw materials to make things, that was like really challenging and my mom somehow like found a way to like source me raw materials and was making me topicals oils oh gosh. and giving me this these CBD you know quote unquote products but i didn't know how many milligrams again i didn't know like what i was doing how often i should be taking it i was like this is yeah. so bizarre to me and i remember my mom kind of pressing upon me like please just like try this, just see if it's going to work. And like, you know, it doesn't hurt. Right. And so I, I very much started going down that path. And I would say within like a month of consuming my mom's homemade CBD products for me, I started feeling better. I always want to kind of caveat, you know, cannabis to me isn't an end all be all. It isn't a miracle pill, but it is Mm -hmm. something that I really believe has the potential to be really powerful in a wellness routine. Once you can start to understand how you can use cannabis Mm -hmm. on a day-to-day basis. You know, there's different cannabinoids, there's different uh, form factors, consumption methods. And so once you start to really understand all these different components to cannabis, then you can really start to unlock the power of it. So I was just, you know, peeling back the curtain, really kind of opening up the Pandora's box and it was working for me. And that was kind of the extent of it. (laughs) Again, that was 2016. I was still working for someone else. And, um, it just kind of, you know, started to align up where my family was using CBD and we had this like baseline formulation that my mom had kind of crafted for me. But at the same time, there was no external, there was nobody selling CBD. There weren't brands. Mm. There was nobody I could go talk to like that Avenue opportunity kind of was null and not really a possibility at the time. Yeah, And so to me, it wasn't like this is, this is your shark tank idea. Like this is the way you're going to go be an entrepreneur. I was like, okay, I use CBD, but nobody's going to talk about this until I started seeing a couple external things. I saw a local smoothie company had added it to their menu as an add-on Mm. And I had a girlfriend who does not consume cannabis, who had heard about CBD and was asking me about CBD. And at that time I wasn't telling anybody I was using CBD. And so mm. to have somebody who had identified, Hey, Shada smokes cannabis. So maybe she knows it just yeah. gave me enough confidence to be like, okay, I think we can do this. So that's kind of the long, you know, short version of just kind of found myself in this situation where I was finding relief with this cannabinoid and with these products that was kind of at the tip of the market opening up. And so we officially launched Restart in August of 2018. It -hmm. became federally legal in December of 2018, and it Mm -hmm. would become Texas legal in July, um, June, July of 2019. So... Mm. It just kind of was people like, oh, good job. You were ahead of it. And I'm like, I had no idea that this industry was going to open up in the way it did. And so, yeah, we've certainly learned a lot. We just celebrated three years in business and are really grateful to be championing cannabis in my home state, the Lone Star State. It's been a wild fun ride.
1: Yeah, I, I, you know, keep up with your content. And I see you all the time talking about like different laws or like different bills that are in the works and like different initiatives to like help um, legalize or regulate or like move the industry forward. And as someone on the outside, it seems very confusing because there are so many layers in terms of like, what is federally legal and then what's like legal on the state level. And then I think you posted something recently about it's legal to manufacture it, but it's not legal to... The hemp laws really confusing, to be honest. They're really confusing. What has that been like to navigate?
0: Yeah. I mean, it was one of those things that I didn't really know what I was getting into. I mean, obviously yeah. you can kind of make an assumption like, oh, this is a new market. There's no regulations. Like, you know, you're going to have to start to dive in and understand that the puck will always be moving. The target will always Mm. be moving. But I think maybe ignorance was bliss for me when Mm. I first, you know, kind of started dipping my toe in. And it's one of those things I reflect on now after, you know, being in business for three plus years, like the first year we were flying by the seat of our pants, the second year and a half, it was COVID. So Mm. timeline wise, I feel like it's been really accelerated that I haven't really had a chance to like come up except for recently. And I'm like, hot damn you know we've been doing this for a while yeah. and things are really changing and evolving really rapidly but yep. yeah i think that's also how we found success is i started really quickly early on realizing You have to have, you know, some sort of order, even though it is chaotic, you have to have some sort of order. So, you know, building a network of people who can keep me in check, informed, educated, Mm. figuring out external resources, both at a localized level and at a, you know, state level and at a federal level, like what is happening in terms of Mm. laws changing or just different movements of the industry in general, because, you know, to kind of step back and give maybe a little bit of education and, you know, um, spectrum to the conversation, marijuana is federally illegal and it's only Mm -hmm. legal in certain states. And what classifies marijuana is anything that's technically over 0.3% Delta 9 THC. Delta 9 THC is a psychotropic cannabinoid. Mm -hmm. So you feel usually high. Some people enjoy that feeling. myself included. Um, Some Mm -hmm. people don't, that's okay. But there's over a hundred different cannabinoids that are found in the marijuana plant. And- Mm -hmm what people don't realize is there's kind of under that same umbrella of cannabis, another kind of form of cannabis that is called hemp. Now hemp is what is federally legal, now state legal, and hemp is classified as anything less than 0.3% Delta 9 THC. So when you consume hemp-based products, you're not going to get high, um, but it is still playing off of those multiple cannabinoids. Mm. So there's Just so much nuance to understanding Mm -hmm. how the plants are separated, what the categories are, what the (laughs) legal status is, what is a schedule one drug, what is legal, what is illegal, you know, what these different cannabinoids do. And so, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't say that the market was super open when we first started. It was pretty (laughs) limited. So you kind of knew, okay, well, I can only run as far as this wall, you know, allows me. Now, with everything happening, both at a state and federal level, just cannabis movement in general, it is a much, you know, broader path for me to be running. And so I find myself just constantly engulfed in it for good and for bad. You know, it is a lot of noise sometimes trying to make sense of when laws change, what does that actually mean? Mm-hmm. What is the implication? How does that actually get implemented? And it's been, yeah, really interesting to also launch my podcast, which I did kind of in an effort as a selfish effort to educate myself. I was like, mm. man, if I can talk to people who are smarter than me, who have yeah. navigated this, wow, what a helpful you know, blessing that can be. And so I started up-leveling the conversation, not just understanding what was happening here locally, but really getting a pulse on, well, what's California doing? Well, what did Colorado Mm -hmm. do? What's Florida doing? And really starting to develop a good purview of, man, this market is very different from Texas to Colorado Mm -hmm. to Oklahoma and different states have different programs. And so, yeah, it can really get nuanced if you're trying to like, what's going on? How do I stay on top of it? But again, having a good network and like resources which then i can hopefully which you're observing from a content perspective put that information out on the internet for consumers mm-hmm. to absorb and make sense of because it can be a lot and ultimately yeah. you know i try to always remind anybody i'm talking to industry or you know the public we sell consumer packaged goods like yeah. i sell consumer products. And so you have to think of it with the consumer safety. And so that's always my filter of just like, how do I make sure that what I'm putting on the shelf is safe, that Mm -hmm. it is efficacious, that it is being educated to the end person who's trying to consume it um, versus, you know, so many people, unfortunately, are taking advantage of this explosion of the market and, you know, are catching some loopholes and putting products Mm -hmm. in the market that maybe, you know, aren't fully vetted or thought out or tested, if that's fair to say.
1: For sure. Okay. I definitely want to get to like your advice around people who are curious or like want to expand their cannabis consumption and like all of that. But before we go there, I want my business brain needs to know what is your approach to standing out in the industry? And I know that you recently did like a talk about this as well, because you got in early, at least in Texas, right? Like you were one of like the first in Texas. But now like you said, it's such like a hot market. And it seems like every day like a new CBD company or like a new cannabis company pops up. So what is your strategy around like standing out and continuing to be like a leader and like in the forefront of the space?
0: Yeah, definitely. And I have these conversations, you know, just with my industry peers all the time. And it's pretty, you know, on one hand, refreshing, and also on the other hand, alarming. You know, it's, it's I don't think for anybody who's like, oh, am I late to the party? You know, how do I get in? It's like, I think that the best brands are yet to come. So the industry Mm. is very wide open, especially with the regulatory uh, earthquakes that we navigate through. It's just like, you're seeing different different brands shake off because they didn't, you know, establish their brand with a good foundation or they were trying to be gimmicky or they weren't actually educating customers. And I think that there are also multiple ways to be successful. So in my podcast, I always reflect there's multiple ways to the top. And I think that's kind of, again, where I found a lot of uh, comfort in having conversations with different people, because you can learn from me, for example, having this conversation, but maybe the way that I did it is not the same way that you might do it. And so for Mm -hmm. me, having my background in corporate technology, I was very public facing for that company. I spent a lot of time out on the road at trade shows, public speaking and building Mm -hmm. a community. That to Mm -hmm. me, that was just like second nature. And so I always kind of think of that first and foremost. But now, especially being in the industry, I think really niching is so important. You know, I think Mm -hmm. also as a marketer, people are always like, Oh, what's the next great campaign? Or how am I going to recreate the wheel? Or what's the, you know, the next best campaign that I can put to the consumers and like get their attention and make all these sales. And it's like, if you can just like distill it back down to like, who's your target customer? Yeah. What do they care about? You know, maybe you're wanting to sell locally to your community and your community is a bunch of like soccer moms who are just looking for like better, you know, sleep and rest at night, like really speak to that audience, like really develop products that speak to them. Don't Mm -hmm. feel like you need to be everything for everybody. Um, And also just, you know, pay attention to the market and pay attention Mm -hmm. to the trends and what's happening. And so I think you are seeing a really clear distinction for, again, the consumer packaged goods overlay on the industry. So really thinking of it from what is, wow, like like if my product is sitting on a shelf, if Mm -hmm. my product is like being picked by a customer over another people, you know, other person's products, like what is driving them to my packaging, to my Mm -hmm. brand, to my messaging. And so I think that also goes hand in hand with figuring out what's your go-to-market strategy with marijuana. You unfortunately have a different, um, group of channels that you can go through. You have to Mm -hmm. essentially kind of go through a dispensary because it is a controlled substance and Mm -hmm. you can't sell it online e-commerce across state lines versus hemp you can. So yeah, we made the decision with Restart kind of in a backwards way, if I'm being really honest. I mean, with my background in technology, my first thought was, oh, I'm going to make an e-commerce company and I'm going to sell online. And I know e-commerce, let me just go do that. Well, even though hemp is federally legal, we still have really presently, I mean, in 2018, when we launched, it was very challenging. Now it's eased up, but it's still challenging just in different ways. I mean, payment processing, figuring out integrations of like selling your products, like you're a small business owner. I'm sure you see all the time, Facebook and Instagram are like, do you want to connect your store? Do you want to sell this? You know, maybe you make a shirt or hat. Do you want to sell this hat on your Instagram? Yeah. As a hemp business, even though again, I sell a federally legal product, I cannot take advantage of those tools. And so those are things that, again, it's like, I'm not saying you can't be online, but like you got to be creative and then how you're going to go market your product to consumers or maybe you want to wholesale it and then you don't have to think about direct to consumer. You're just trying to get attention of the, the, the dispensaries or the boutiques or the hotels or whatever, who wants to sell your product. So again, there's different paths that you can sell your product in the cannabis industry. Mm -hmm. And so I think just understanding how you're going to brand and package that can really go a long way and figuring out who are you speaking to, which again, is just like good marketing practice in general. You don't want to do everything to everyone, but it's hard sometimes when, you know, the industry is as, you know, flailing and uh, fast paced as it feels sometimes. So it's like, I just want to, I want to just take advantage. I want to capitalize on this, but Mm -hmm. yeah, you just kind of have to be really prepared to kind of rock with the boat in the waters. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Yeah. And honestly, so much of what you said, even though like the cannabis industry does have so many unique challenges, it sounds like is just general business advice and like the reality of doing business like I in the online coaching and like honest online service provider space like people tell me every day like oh I feel like it's so saturated I'm like it's not like there are a lot of people maybe jumping in and like throwing their hat in in the ring but like there aren't a lot of people who are actually doing it right and who are like really strategic with their messaging and have like solid business foundations and like are niching down and are speaking to their ideal client and like when you know how to cut through the noise, like there is room for you.
0: Well, and I would also say a big component of that is consistency. You know, Mm -hmm. I think people discredit, they think, oh, I can, again, champion this message for like a month, but can you champion that message for three months, Mm -hmm. for Mm -hmm. six months? for three years. I mean, my fiance does a really good job, like despite all the successes we've had, you know, he really keeps it real for me, which I appreciate because at the end of the day, I'm no better than the next person. I just, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm, I'm here trying to, to succeed, um, with this challenging industry and ultimately again, educate and change my consumers and communities minds to think more positively about cannabis. But he's like, Shada. you know, the five-year mark is really where you see if your business, you know, has legs and is stable. And so it's like, damn it. Like, okay, well, let me just like celebrate my three-year anniversary. Like, let me just enjoy this moment. He's like, come on, like get to the four-year mark, get to the five-year mark. And And while it sounds, I think, maybe, you know, a little aggressive on his part, there's obviously truth in what he's saying as well of just, again, going back to that consistency of like, okay, how do you build something and wake up every day and be in line, like you said, be strategic, have your foundation Mm -hmm. and just kind of like keep showing up and Mm -hmm. promoting that, you know, message that you're ultimately trying to promote and sell to your audience.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And congrats on your engagement, by the way. Thank you. I was so excited to see that. And I uh, obviously I crept on your fiance to be like, who is this guy? And he has like multiple like hemp related businesses as well. Right. So that's such a good example of how the industry is like so much more multifaceted than people realize. Yeah, he we actually
0: met um, because of the the short story of our our relationship. uh, We met because he found my number on the Texas Department of Agriculture list. Oh my God. Because I'm a license holder in the state to operate legally. And he was cold calling because he, he grew hemp for um, a season. He, before that was doing sustainable agriculture and growing herbs and veggies for like Fresh Point and other kind of like uh, grocery distributions and decided to grow hemp and literally was trying to sell his hemp. And he calls me (laughs) and I thought that it was like a telemarketer because one, normally like I don't pick up my phone ever. Yeah. Like my, I'm just Same. like so busy, like spam, like I just don't pick it up. So I happened to pick up and then he was saying something about Texas and cannabis and hemp. But I just thought, oh maybe this is like an organization that I'm a part of and they're just doing like a monthly check-in or quarterly call or something. Mm-hmm. Like he was just saying enough buzzwords that I was like, okay, uh-huh. And then we just started having a conversation and we ended up talking for like two hours. Oh my He gosh. used to live in the Dallas Fort Worth area and so recently moved to Austin and we got engaged. And so yeah, it's been a very beautiful, like unfolding of our relationship of just like, yeah, he's, he works in the industry, but he's not like a true cannabis guy. Like I am, Yeah, but yeah. I appreciate it because he understands where I'm coming from and Mm -hmm. not only tolerates it, but does embrace it and supports it. So yeah, shout out to him. He's like the best partner ever. In fact, I'm dragging him to Dallas this weekend for this conference I'm going to speak at. And he's like, yes, I will video you. Yes, I will take pictures for you. And I'm just
1: like, God bless, like so
0: good. (laughs) A
1: supportive man. We love a supportive man. Yes, for sure. Amazing. Okay, so now I want to, like I said, talk about, speak to the people who are like curious about cannabis or expanding their cannabis use like I think a lot of people have similar backgrounds to you where like they've smoked at a party or like they have like dabbled here and there they like get it from their friend who gets it from a plug or whatever right like somehow they just have been um, a experiencer but they're not necessarily very educated about it or they're curious so what What are your recommendations if someone wants to understand more and like, let's say someone is totally new to cannabis and maybe they've like smoked a joint a couple of times or something and now they want to experience more of the benefits, like what should they know? Where should they start? Like, what is the foundation of understanding this world
0: for sure. So I actually just did a webinar on this. So if you want like the full, like understanding from a scientific perspective, you can go to Restart's YouTube channel and it's like, okay. we're starting to do webinars. So I like, literally did like a whole deep dive into all this, but kind of the, the abstract version is one to kind of understand whether you consume cannabis or not, your body has an endocannabinoid system. This is not unique to any one person to the extent of like, I use cannabis or I don't use cannabis, but it was discovered in the early nineties by some researchers in Israel who were studying THC. So it is called an endocannabinoid system because THC, CBD, those are cannabinoids. So mm-hmm. that's kind of like past one, you know, cannabis works in your body. It's like when you smoke a joint or you eat an edible, it's like, why does this work in my body? It's because your body has an endocannabinoid system and they have receptors. And I always try to like distill it down. If you can imagine like that old game of like a square peg in a square hole, it's like, mm-hmm. it literally fits in your body. And so it kind of, you know, unlocks the feeling. THC makes you feel again psychotropic. So you're going to feel euphoric high. Um, and then CBD is known to be a little bit more on the wellness side. So definitely not psychotropic. CBD's main category falls into anti-inflammatory. And so Mm. those are just two cannabinoids. If you can imagine, there's over a hundred cannabinoids, CBG, CBN, CBC, THCV, CBG, Delta-8, Delta-9, Delta-10. And so- all these cannabinoids, in theory, have different functions, um, mm-hmm. both independently and functioning together. So sometimes that's referred to as the entourage effect. It's mm-hmm. all the cannabinoids working together. Now, the cool thing is the industry is so emerging that <laughs> we don't really know what all these cannabinoids do independently. Yeah. But again, if you kind of step back and you're like, man, I really enjoy like smoking this joint. This joint, you know, when I smoked this, made me feel really uplifted, like good, like I felt better versus sometimes you might feel paranoid or anxious Mm. or like really hungry or really sleepy. Those are all just different uh, combinations of cannabinoids and terpenes and flavonoids, which are (laughs) all organic, naturally occurring um, compounds of the cannabis plant. And so kind of in a, again, like a sciency, but not sciency way. It's just like Those are just basic components of the plant that when you inhale, you absorb, you swallow, you digest, your body is breaking down those different cannabinoids. And so Mm -hmm. depending on how you want to feel, you can start to get into the uniqueness of each of those components. So I would say for people who are curious, go research minor cannabinoids, CBG, CBN, see what those cannabinoids do. Mm -hmm. Um, Research terpenes, terpenes are... Essentially, um, like aromatics, think of them as they're volatile on one hand, but they're naturally occurring as well. So like when you smell lavender, and I'm sure Mm -hmm. you've taken a lavender bubble bath and it's always promoting restfulness and sleep and unwinding. The reason lavender has those profiles associated to it is because of linalool, which is the terpene Mm -hmm. found in lavender. Okay. Well, that same terpene is also found in cannabis. Mm-hmm. So again, when you sometimes smoke something or eat something and you feel relaxed, it can maybe perhaps be attributed to the linalool terpene. Mm-hmm. And so there's myrcene and pinene. Myrcene comes from mangoes. Pinene comes from pine trees. So there's all these different compounds that exist in the cannabis plant that Shada, you know, prior to 2015, was like, yeah, I like smoking. And when I inhale, I, I like feel weed. this effect. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. I don't know. And, and obviously being in Texas too, you maybe go to the plug. You don't really have the like dispenser
1: experience. Now yeah, you, you don't have shopping. a lot of like options. As yeah. As now they're like,
0: <laughs> here's a sativa, here's an indica, here's yeah. this, you know, granddaddy perp. It's like you're this, buying
1: like, like coffee with like notes of blah, blah, blah. And like, this will make you feel this exact way. No, like very yeah.
0: true. And it's different blends. And this blend comes from, you know, South Asia versus this blend comes from South America. And like, you're getting into the nuances or even wine varieties, you know, there's yeah. these grapes versus that grapes. Well, at the end of the day, it's all wine, right? Yeah. So at the end of the day, it's all cannabis. But you, again, you can kind of play around with what effects you're wanting by understanding Mm -hmm. these basic, you know, compounds of cannabis. And then kind of from there, different consumption methods, smoking, you'll feel it faster versus an edible will take time to take effect, but you'll feel it longer. Mm -hmm. Um, And so kind of from our perspective as a CBD brand, we do not sell uh, Delta 9 THC, over that 0.3 because that would be illegal. But we do sell um, now some THC products, delta eight THC, delta nine mm-hmm. THC. Which caveat by the time this episode airs, you know, check back in with me to see what <laughs> yeah. the legal status is because delta eights yeah. in some interesting um, positions right now. But you know, it's one of those things. I think as we continue to research this plant, more of that information will come to market, and then you'll start to see more education around it. And so that's kind of where we hang our hat with Restart. Is just when these cannabinoids hit the market. And again, it's not that they're new, they came out of nowhere. They've existed Mm -hmm. in the cannabis plant forever. Just now that things are becoming more legal, you can research them and actually productize them and Mm -hmm. bring them to market and manufacture them. And so that's where now you're seeing, oh, here's a new product. Here's a new cannabinoid. Mm -hmm. What does this one do? So we try to understand them, learn them, and then ultimately educate our customers and community on what is CBD versus THC and how do those play differently and so a question I get asked a lot too is especially earlier on when we first started there was so much you know misinformation and like lack of education of like well, now that you, you know, use CBD, are you going to use THC still? Like, do mm-hmm. I use one and not the other? <laughs> no, I use all the cannabinoids. I have an understanding that I know which ones I want to use for different things. If I yes. lifted too hard one day and my body's inflamed, or if I'm having a hard time sleeping, or if I'm really anxious, yeah. I know the benefit of a CBD bath salt to soak my body in mm-hmm. versus eating a micro THC edible. They, mm-hmm. I, I'll do that at the same time. They both, you know, manage different things for me. And so again, it just comes back to the consumer starting to go on that journey of being curious and figuring out and playing around with, Hey, what does this product do versus that product? What does this cannabinoid do versus that cannabinoid to kind of Mm -hmm. fit you into what's going to be the best experience for you because everybody's body is different.
1: Yeah. I think it's so cool and like wild that so many functions or like effects exist within one plant. And that like, you can truly like pick and choose and kind of customize like exactly what benefits you want to like achieve or what experience you want to have. Obviously, like you said, there's still a lot of research to be done, but it's just so fascinating to me that all of that exists within one plant. It's the core sure.
0: Is and there's just like so much still to learn and unpack that sometimes people like ooh what's this thing and I'm like I don't know yet like we don't we don't know what this will do and I think you know to be real also. The flip side, people obviously also asked you like the safety and long-term use of it. And, you know, I always try to be really upfront with people. We don't know the long-term impact or use Mm -hmm. of cannabis. But, you know, I just went and saw my OBGYN the other day. And it's a new OBGYN. I'm just trying to, you know, get my life in check. And I always like to be honest with them as well. So I'm trying not to be like, hey, I like to smoke weed, but like, you know, (laughs) hey, I use I use C B D products. What do you think about C B D? And she made a really good point that I think is fair to kind of highlight, you know, it's well, how does, when you use that thing, how does that make you feel? And if it makes mm. you feel better. In exchange for maybe something else that might be more harmful for you, well then maybe that's okay. And so it just is kind of one of those things, again, like I mentioned, I don't drink alcohol. I'm not here to say alcohol is bad, but just looking at, you know, the reports and research on alcohol, it does have negative effects with overconsumption. Cannabis does not have negative effects with overconsumption. In fact, Mm -hmm. out of the research that's been done, you cannot overdose on cannabis. You might feel really crappy or sleep for a couple of days, but you're not gonna hurt your liver or cause any Mm -hmm. other like internal harm. And so I kind of always keep that in mind, you know, be smart about your choices, be smart about your consumption, but ultimately, you know, it is a plant at the end of the day and I do believe that it has efficacy, it has medicinal Mm -hmm. properties, and it is so powerful once you can really start to understand not just how the plant is, but how, again, that plant works for your body. You are unique. What am I taking it for? You might want to take it for a different reason than me. So that might be a different approach, right? And getting people comfortable with that. We get people who come in our retail store all the time and they're like, I have this thing wrong with me. What do you, you know, not what do you recommend, but you know, what's, what's it going to be? What do you recommend? What's that thing going to, what's that magic product? And you're like, okay, let me level set. (laughs) It might be this, but it might also be this other product. And so kind of getting that consumer to play around with dosing, play Mm -hmm. around with different products, Um, really try because I'm sure you have heard maybe even experienced yourself just, I tried this product and it didn't really do anything for me or I tried the CBD edible and I didn't really feel anything. And I, Mm -hmm. I argue sometimes who the brand was, what the ingredients were, what the dose was, how was it actually manufactured and extracted and produced? Those are all variables that can cause something to be quality or not quality. And so I think just, you know, helping customers understand that is really important.
1: Yeah. I mean, even within CBD, even within like, let's say CBD oil that you use with a dropper in your mat, like orally, there's variety within that. And then there's variety within all the different ways you can consume CBD. And then there's varieties with the dosage and there's varieties with like all the different ways that you can consume THC and they're like all different and for some people like for me I like smoking and I like edibles but they give me kind of different highs and then like right. my fiance he likes smoking but like hates edibles and they make him really anxious and so it's like it is really different per individual person even if you're taking the same exact product
0: right right no, it's very true, and I think that's where we've kind of reduced cannabis into this kind of like one size fits all. Mm-hmm. Which, especially being in in Texas and being from Texas, you know, my experience again with the plug is not like, oh, well, what's the strain or yeah, what's yeah. The percentage of THC or what's or, the like, combination is this of cannabinoids? Or sativa,
1: like, yeah, you don't.
0: Yeah. And even if they tell you, like, is it really true? Yeah. I don't know. So that's where I, it is cool to see the market start to emerge and open up, especially in legal states where. You you can start to get a little bit more of that education. So I also mm-hmm. recommend if you haven't gone to a legal state and obviously got to kind of explore a uh, openly legal dispensary, like mm-hmm. go explore, ask questions, check out products and, you know, be open to just having those dialogues to better inform and educate you whether you, you know, like THC or not. Again, I think there's so many cannabinoids that people can learn from and maybe find mm-hmm benefit with if they just, you know, took some time to open their minds and educate themselves on it.
1: Yeah, for sure. I want to talk more about dispensaries because I think that is such a good opportunity to like try a variety of things and like feel like you're able to like trust what's in them for the most part. I'm sure that's not always the case. But like, to me, a dispensary feels like a really good learning opportunity and but also the first time I ever went to a dispensary, I was so glad that I was with a friend who like lived in California and had like gone to dispensaries before and could kind of like walk me through it because there are so many options and it's like such a new, the way that they have to operate is not like you walking into like Lululemon and being like, oh, I like these pants. I'm going to buy them. (laughs) So for anyone who is like maybe traveling to a state where it's legalized or they live in a state where there are dispensaries, can you just give like, a brief crash course of like what that experience looks like. Yes, so for sure you need an ID
0: and for sure you need cash. So mm-hmm. because of marijuana's federal status, you cannot uh use your credit card with it yet. Mm-hmm. I think things are advancing, so maybe if you have like a bank card or debit card, sometimes they'll have like an ATM within the location of the dispensary. But the best piece of advice I would say, other than like just being prepared with like some cash and make sure you refer to your ID, would be to read the website. I think COVID for better or worse really pushed a lot of these businesses to make sure that their online profiles were really informative. So mm-hmm. yes, maybe you can go into the dispensary, but now you can also order curbside. So for whatever, you, know, you can see what products they have online. So- mm-hmm. Before I go to dispensaries, even though I'm very versed in all these, you know, languages and topics and even some of these brands, I like to see what does that dispensary sell? You Mm -hmm. know, am I looking for flour? Okay, well, what strains do they have? Or am I looking for an edible? Okay, what edible brands do they have? And then I take it a step further, I go research that strain or that brand Mm. about Mm. those products, just to familiarize myself with it. So when I walk in, maybe I'm not asking, you know, about 10 different strains because I saw those on the website. I'm asking about my top three that really caught my attention. Mm. And, you know, it is a little bit of a crapshoot. I can't say that every dispensary is education forward. I Mm. think that is something just to like be mindful of and Definitely, you know, do some research too on like what dispensary or like where you're going to shop with. I mean, same thing in the hemp world, just because... My next door neighbor might also sell CBD. You're going to get a completely different experience from walking into my dispensary versus their dispensary. And so mm-hmm. we really pride ourselves at Restart of being very educational and like our reviews, you know, I always like to say like third-party reviews. It's not me saying it. It's like our customer saying it. Yeah. Every review literally is like these women and we're predominantly women team and we are women founded. But like these women are so knowledgeable. These women are so educated. Mm-hmm. They helped me understand. They made it so easy for me. They made me, you know, not feel like I had a dumb question they mm-hmm. you know, just broke it down for me. And so that might also be like an entryway for people who are maybe not in a legal state or maybe they are here in Austin, like come test it out in a CBD environment. I mean, yeah. we sell a range of products, topicals, edibles, smokables that mirror what you would find in a dispensary and mm-hmm. are more than happy to like walk people through these different nuances depending on their preference or their ailment that they're trying to target. But going back from a to a dispensary kind of pos- position, they're not always gonna be educating. And yeah. so I think that can be, you know, unfortunately, sometimes like, you know, I'll throw one under the bus. I went to Vegas. <laughs> And again, luckily I know what I'm doing, but I went to Vegas. They have this, I won't say the name of it, but you can probably guess if you do some digging They're the world's largest dispensary. So like a massive dispensary, like you go Mm -hmm. to it because it's like the thing to do when you're in Vegas. And my little sister, we were there for a cannabis conference actually a couple months ago. And my littlest sister had never been. And I was like, okay, let me take her. She's 22. She's really big into cannabis. Like this is a thing to go see. Mm Mm-hmm. We go in and we happen to get, they call them bud tenders. We got a bud tender and she was just so uneducated. Mm. (laughs) Like I was trying to ask her like, what's the difference between this one and this one? And she's like, no, I can't really like, oh, this one's just better. Like it smells better. It looks better. It just like was not very articulate about the actual differences or nuances or quality of the products to maybe, and maybe that was just me. Maybe I'm just like, so, you know,
1: I mean, you're coming from it, coming at it from like a very educated place. So yeah.
0: Yeah. So maybe like a regular consumer, like they would have been like super happy with it, but it was funny because at the after party, we were like sharing stories and this other lady was like, Oh my God, I went to the dispensary, the same one. And she's like, my butt tender was awesome. Yeah. They, they They steered me in this direction. I got these products. And kind of the reason I feel like mine was a poor experience was because this lady told me all the products she got. And I was like, I wish my bud would have pointed out those products yeah, to me. Like I yeah. would have bought those products had I known, but the dispenser yeah. was just so big. It was like hard for me to see everything they had to offer. Yeah. So again, it's just one of those things, you know, kind of do your homework before you go, but also know that when you're there, you might not, you know, always yeah. be welcomed with more information, but
1: yeah. I, do love, I love the term bud tender because my good experiences ha- at dispensaries have been like going to like your favorite bar where like you can tell the bartender like what you like and like what kind of drinks you like and like what liquors you like is your basis and like how strong you want it. And they can basically like custom recommend like all yeah. the things that would be good and like taste good and are going to be in your price range and all of that. Like a good dispensary with like a good bud tender is a a great experience. No, I mean,
0: literally exactly what you just said. Like that's, it's like someone who understands the products and kind of on, on the business side as a business owner slash brand owner, it's interesting. And I talk about this on my podcast with certain guests, right? Like you start to understand how certain brands do care about educating the bud tender. Mm -hmm. So it's like, Hey, I've got a new gummy brand. I really want to sell it, I have to educate the bud tender because the bud tender is the one selling it. So unfortunately, (laughs) sometimes when you maybe walk into a dispensary and it's not set up like that, it's because they just, you know, the business owner or the person didn't care to educate or they have different goals or, you know, KPIs that they're keeping track of. Mm -hmm. I mean, you have to think for a lot of people, the glamour of like, weed is legal. And like, that's all they care about. So like, they don't care about anything else. Just like, I can buy and sell weed. Yeah. And so it's not oh, well, this product has this terpene in it or this product is this, you know, cannabinoid. But um, mm-hmm. it is fun, especially I, I get to do a lot of quote-unquote, you know, market research by going to Colorado and California. And so, mm-hmm. yeah, I've made some friends with some of these bed tenders because I'm the person who's like, okay, I want to know everything you know. Tell me about yeah. the Colorado cannabis market. What are the top products? Like, what are people buying? Like, what, what ratios do you see? And I really use them as these beacons, like help inform and educate me. And and that's what they're there for. So I hope people, you know, take advantage of that when they're able to shop at those places, for sure.
1: Yeah, smart. What is like one stereotype or like piece of misinformation that if you could just like erase it from people's brains around cannabis or like people who use cannabis, what do you wish would just like go away?
0: Oh, So many, (laughs) I, I think, right. I mean, like two, honestly, one, like at a high level professionalization of it, I -hmm. strive so much again. I mentioned, I come from kind of the culture of it. Like I boxed my car. I was like the kid who was like watching Cheech and Chong. Like there is the quote unquote, you know, living in your mom's basement, like getting high and being a wasteoid. Like there's like that aspect of it, but that is not who the majority of cannabis consumers mm-hmm. are. They are ultra marathon runners. They are grandmothers. They are like you and me and we can be mm-hmm. successful business owning women. And that is something that I try to personally do with all of my content and just like my Mm -hmm. personal brand in life is like, yeah, I smoke pot and I'm successful and I can hold a sentence and I can educate you and I can do all these things. I can be a mother, I can be a daughter, I can be a friend, a sister. And like my pot consumption doesn't take that away from me. And so Mm -hmm. I strive to see the day where anybody, but obviously women in particular, can go to happy hour with their girlfriends and share a bong, Mm. just the same way you go to happy hour with your girlfriends and share a picture of mimosas, right? Yeah. so I just, I, I seek that day out where it's normalized. And so that's very much something that I would, I wish would change sooner than later and it's happening. Mm -hmm. Um, but the other component I think, which is a little bit more broad for just kind of like everybody in general, I mean, thinking that there's just one experience with cannabis, Mm -hmm. again, we get a lot of people who are like, I don't want to be high or I don't ever want to touch the THC. And I'm like, you don't have to, (laughs) Mm. you can experience other cannabinoids that might give you better rest. You know, you're having, you're taking melatonin before bed every night. Why don't you try a CBN capsule instead or Mm. athletic recovery? You know, you're using tiger Balm. Why don't you try a heavy CBD topical? Like There are other cannabinoids that do not get you psychotropically high. And I Mm -hmm. wish people realize that and can start to open up their minds to, like you were highlighting earlier, you know, this plant has so much to it, but we have just really limited it to this like, it's just THC. It's just weed. It's just the devil's lettuce. Like, it's just going to get me high. And that is so wrong and not the cannabis plant at all.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm so glad that we've been able to like demystify a lot of the maybe like stereotypes or myths or just like the unknowns that people have had around cannabis. And I hope that our listeners now feel more empowered and just educated. And like, if they want to explore cannabis use or CBD use more that they have like a sense of direction and they're feeling more confident about it, but where can they find you and consume your content? Where can they find Restart? Just tell us all the things. Yeah, I appreciate it. We
0: are in Austin. We have a brick and mortar, just one location in North Austin by the domain and the FC Stadium. Come see us, shop with us. Like I said, our team's really knowledgeable and educated and like loves nothing more than talking people through Mm-hmm. all of these things that we covered, but in depth. And on the internet, we're restartcbd.com, on Instagram, restartcbd, and YouTube. I would say those are our biggest channels for educating people, whether it's video content or just updates about laws and regulations. We try to keep you guys informed and on top of what's going on. And then me out in the wild, my name is Shaded Tarabi. You can find me on Instagram at Tarabi on my website, theshadedtarabi.com. And yeah, I just create a lot of content around normalizing, again, the cannabis consumer experience and Mm -hmm. really aim to help everybody understand the many beautiful facets of this plant and having a beautiful time getting to educate people and build this community up. So I really appreciate the opportunity to be on your podcast. I'm excited for people to you know, learn a little bit more. And please, I always, I always want people to feel like, please reach out, you know? Yeah. I feel sometimes it's like we get glorified. We get on these podcasts and it's like, I could never talk to Shader or Marie. It's like, I'm a real person. DM me, slide into, you know, the DMs and, and let's talk a few questions. Yeah,
1: yeah. We love hearing like what's resonating from the episode. Like, what do you have yes. more questions about? What What are your takeaways? I like breaking the, what's it called? The third wall, the fourth wall, whatever it is. I want to yes. talk to talk to the listeners and not just talk to my guests. So, um yeah, I love that. Everyone go follow Shada, follow Restart, and whether you're in Texas or not, I'm excited that everyone is kind of more equipped to like get the benefits and explore cannabis more. So, thank you so so much Shada and we will see you around. Thank you guys, appreciate it.